Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is January 27th, 2020. So as most of you know, the purpose of our weekly webinar is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. Another aim that we have is to work together to form a platform for people who are already members of Triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of a line of lighted, loving communication between three people who agree to vivify their triangular link every day. Three people linked together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Their triangle is then placed within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and radiate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network and into the consciousness of all humanity, touching open hearts and minds everywhere who can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day and can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedule. So if you resonate to this idea of planetary service, you might want to consider forming a triangle. And one of the ways in which you can do that is to place your name in the chat box here. And if two other people respond, you'll have a triangle. Also, you can go to the triangles.org website and fill out a brief questionnaire which will enable you to enter into an online portal where you can meet people from throughout the planet who are also interested in forming triangles. So as we do at the beginning of each webinar, let's take a few minutes to do a brief visualization followed by the sounding of a mantra. So let's link up with each other as a group. In alignment with all triangles workers everywhere. Seeing ourselves as a vast sphere of lighted purposeful energy. At the center of the sphere, visualize the group's soul, radiating and enlivening all triangles, workers everywhere. See spinning out from this inmost center the radiation of love. See it raying forth as a mental influence to others. Now visualize this raying forth of love as an emotional benediction to others. And finally, see this love as a vital life radiating out through all the worlds.
Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So after our meditation today, we'll hear from a co-worker here at Lucis Trust, Michael Galloway, who will share a few thoughts with us on the subject of faith. And I just wanted to open up with a few words on a related theme of truth. There's a counsel that we've been given um, and we're asked to be attentive and observant of all the outer events that are unfolding in the world. And then we're asked that in response to those events to make corresponding changes in our own lives. And because we live in such a rapidly changing world, if we are to make corresponding changes in our own lives in response to these outer events, we know that we have to keep changing. But of course, triangles workers work with the energies substanding the form and recognize that it's within consciousness that we're asked to constantly be adjusting ourselves. One of the ways in which we can facilitate this ability to always be adjusting ourselves is by the work that we have been doing of attuning ourselves to the cycles of the zodiac. For this enhances our ability to work more effectively with these underlying currents. Each year when the sun passes through the mansion of the serving man, as the sign of Aquarius is called in some of the ancient books, we have a potent opportunity to catch a more penetrating understanding as to the nature and quality of the new age into which we are moving. So this interlude in the annual cycle helps us to catch a glimpse uh, more fully of what this inpouring energy is all about. But a major theme that's unfolding in many places around the world today revolves around, as I said, the nature of truth. There are many different versions of truth, it seems, if you read the papers, <laughs> listen to the news today. We might think that we all we'll know truth when we see it, but will we? Truth is often described as bare or naked, as something that needs no adornment. It's a reality that can be seen and sensed, but not so easily described. We know it when we see it, or we think we do. But today it seems that truth, like beauty, resides very much in the eye of the beholder. Christ, for example, said 
he was the truth. And to many, he clearly was so recognized, but others stoned him and eventually crucified him. Events unfolding throughout the world today are pitting two vastly divergent visions of reality against each other. We can't help in such situations, but see outer events through our own particular lens, a lens which is generally the product of many factors that color each one of us. And the nature of the times is such that these factors can often obscure and veil the truth so that many people are left bewildered as to what to believe. It's said that truth brings falsity to the surface, and so as the externalization unfolds upon our planet, the present situation in which truth is challenged is a natural consequence. The rise of the dire conditions in the world can therefore be viewed from one aspect quite positively as the surest indication that greater light is indeed pouring in. Those who align themselves with the forces of light have to stand steady, therefore, having faith in the unconquerable nature of goodness. Perhaps the present situation simply has to be lived through and understood as best we can, while at the same time holding fast to our spiritual practices, to the things that we can do. For it is by our own actions, by adhering to those things that matter and that are carried forward within the silence of our own hearts, such as our triangles work, these are the things that prove of greatest value in changing the world, in doing what we can to make truth matter. The teachings of Christ remind us of this, for he spoke of the power of seemingly small actions to have powerful results. He spoke of the power inherent in a mustard seed and the power in the leaven in bread the yeast. And when we think of the power of a collective movement based on a simple daily practice, such as triangles, we can imagine how great its effects can be in acting like a leaven or a mustard seed within the collective body of humanity. It can make things rise and grow, lifting us up, healing and purifying planetary consciousness, no matter what is happening in the outer three worlds of effects. The dramas being enacted today, particularly in the political field of many nations, are pitting two versions of reality against each other. And most people are left wondering how others can see the same situation from such a completely different perspective. But all the while, people suffer, and the planet's in crisis. The Tibetan counseled that we should use the following phrase as often as need be, so that at least we are doing what we can to see truth clearly. He asked us to repeat, let reality govern my every thought, and truth be the master of my life. These simple words can help to keep an openness of mind that provides the necessary porousness that allows for the light to filter through and prevents that crystallization that can so easily prevent growth. So let's now turn to our meditation work. Let's link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light, 
with all people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. Let's invoke the spiritual will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. and link with the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open 
and receptive to the inpouring energies of love. Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work to be done by the words as they're poured out. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness.
from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. Now, I'd like to welcome Michael Galloway. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, hello, everyone. I'm um, honored to speak to all of you today, and I thought I would just share um, a few thoughts on the concept of faith and um, how it relates to our triangles work. Faith is broadly defined as belief or trust, um, often in that which one cannot know. Faith is sometimes criticized as irrational or irrelevant in our modern world because of its frequent association with blind faith, which is advocated by some religions. Often critics of faith juxtapose it with reason and so they see faith as the opposite of or inimical to rational thought. Reason and faith, however, are not mutually exclusive. There are many things that the rational, concrete mind cannot explain, beauty, of course, being one of them. But more importantly, faith is essential for making that jump from that which we currently know and understand to that which will be known and understood tomorrow. Faith is an essential part of the scientific process, for example, and really all creative processes. For instance, the research scientist who is on the cutting edge of her field will utilize faith, belief, and even intuition 
to construct hypotheses and theories to describe the unknown. The scientist may even then dedicate her entire life to the search for evidence which affirms these hypotheses. And this search clearly requires faith. Likewise, the creative artist or dancer or musician has to muster incredible faith in their innate, cap in their innate capacity to express beauty before they will ever be able to make it through the years and sometimes decades of practice that it takes to truly produce masterworks in their field. Spiritual faith is no different. Many of us have some sense that there is more to reality than what meets the eye. And we believe, or we have faith, that the many forms that we see and interact with are in fact symbols of deeper truths and meanings. We have faith that these meanings veil some spiritual purpose, even though we do not know what that purpose is. There's a quote from the book of Hebrews that I'm sure many here have heard. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And to conceive of faith as a substance automatically evokes faith. For something to have substance means that it undoubtedly exists and is just as real as the computer, laptop, or phone through which you are listening to this webinar. Faith as substance also affirms the fact that the unseen is not necessarily less real. There's a great deal of the material universe that we cannot see, yet we know it exists. In just the same way, we can know that divinity exists, even though we have not yet seen it with our own eyes. And faith is much more than wishful thinking or a contrived longing for that which one desires. It is a well-grounded conviction and one-pointed affirmation. The Tibetan says that confidence is the outward expression of inward faith. Doubt, cynicism, hopelessness, and despair all challenge faith. And to maintain that faith in spite of these therefore requires bravery and courage. The hopelessness of the human condition requires an iron faith to overcome. This hopelessness is, after all, simply a lack of faith in the future. There is, in the Eastern, in the Eastern world, a word called shraddha, which is often translated as faith, but in reality means utter fearlessness. Shraddha is faith in reality itself. It is thus an orientation towards God. It is also the recognition of divinity in form and the knowledge that there is a plan. More specifically, shraddha, or faith as fearlessness, is the total cons consecration of mind and heart undeviatingly towards the good and the working out of that good through human relationships. This type of faith is automatically selfless because it affirms the whole. We are told also that where there is no thought of self and where there, there, and where there is only true and spiritual love, there can be no fear. The fearlessness and spiritual orientation of Shraddha impels one to action. It is faith backed by the will to good, which implies the will to act. In her book, From Bethlehem to Calvary, Alice Bailey gives an interesting perspective of faith. And instead of talking about man's faith in God, she writes about God's faith in man. She says that, quote, in so coming to earth and taking human incarnation, 
God testified to his faith in the divinity which is in man. And she continues, in reverence, I would like to say that man's divinity warranted an expression of divinity. And so God acted. Thus we can say that our faith is God's faith. And this fact affirms the central role that humanity has to play in the spiritualization of our planetary life. The divinity of man, we are told, will come about through the birth of the Christ in every human heart, which is simply a widespread awakening of individuals to, the, to their true nature as souls, to their true nature as spiritual beings. The Tibetan teacher also states that light is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. He states that light, that actually faith was a blind for the word light. And esoterically, we can say light is, or as we know, light is synonymous with soul and is therefore that second aspect of divinity which links spirit and matter. Thus, it is through the, the medium of light, through the soul or the Christ or that master in the heart, that spirit is able to mount upon the shoulders of matter and the purposes of God work out through the lesser will of humanity. The soul which exists in every human heart is God imminent, is the promise that one day the plan of love and light Will, will work out and the purposes of divinity will be fulfilled. And our triangle's work affirms our innate divinity. It affirms the divinity of, of all substance, but especially human substance. For it is we as souls that stand as points of light within a network of light and aid in the redemption of the planet. This requires unwavering confidence, fearlessness, and vision. In other words, faith is required to activate the will to good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Michael. Very beautiful words there. Um, it's an interesting to think of faith as synonymous with light and therefore synonymous with the soul, as you said. Mm. Um, so really, you can see the, the network as a vehicle for faith. So I just have a couple questions before we open it up to the network of lightworkers who are here today. So how does faith factor into your personal experience of triangles? Well, for some reason, I don't know if this is, this is wrong necessarily, but the first thing when I think of is my own personal experience of faith is I think of kind of struggle or overcoming some problem. Mm -hmm. um, and in reference to the triangles work, which I've been involved with now for about eight years, um, is that as we know, triangles is very much associated with the the redemption of the planet and with solving the problems of humanity. And I think at times looking at the world situation, a wave of hopelessness can overcome me and the, the situation, the world situation looks so bleak. And I think almost the, the kind of the closer you, the closer you look at the problem, sometimes the, the more hopeless it seems. And I think when at least me personally, when I look at myself um, in relation to those problems, like what can I, you know, what can I do or how can I contribute to, to solving this problem? It seems almost even more hopeless because I feel so sort of inadequate. Um, being faced with hopelessness and inadequacy, I guess those are the two, those are the two areas that I think are definitely related to triangles, at least for me, and which I think really requires sort of an iron faith, sort of a faith, a faith that is sort of will to overcome. And um, 
and I think really stepping outside of oneself, knowing oneself as the soul, kind of seeing the bigger picture, knowing that, you know, we are souls. And so we are in touch with the soul that underlies all, all things that really helps sort of activate that will. Yeah. And to know that so many other people throughout the world are participating with us. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a powerful visual Mm -hmm. to bring that in. Yeah. Um, Does the triangles work in your view require blind faith? Mm. That's an interesting question because, um, you know, there's a lot of like religions that espouse sort of blind faith and, and that's kind of been at least the Christian religion. That's kind of been the past sort of 2000 year Piscean era approach, because I guess there was no really at that stage of humanity's progress that was sort of perhaps necessary and correct and required. Um, but I guess with the, you know, dawning of the age of reason, that's now seen as something sort of not good. Um, so it's really a matter of how you define really what blind faith is, but I would say that the triangles work doesn't require blind faith. It actually requires a faith that can see or a seeing faith. And I think what this really means is that um, the sort of vision that we want to see, the sort of vision of the plan or vision of divinity doesn't, um, in one sense, you could say it exists and we try to contact that vision, but really the vision that we're concerned with is the vision of the plan as it's working out in the three worlds, the vision of the plan as it is before humanity. And that vision is up to us to construct. And so I think as we see the plan, as we, sorry, see the plan because we're constructing it. So if we can't see it, it means we need to sort of create it, to visualize it. And I think the visualization that is so, you know, connected to this work of triangles is really connected to creating this vision. Um, Yes, so seeing faith, not blind faith. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So now we could open it up to any comments from the group. You can either share a comment by raising your hand, and I see Joshua has just done so, or you can put a comment in the chat box. Uh, Just to say there's been a couple triangles that are trying to be formed. I think we might need one more or so. So please check in the chat box if you're interested in forming another triangle, that would be great. Okay, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Joshua? Uh, I don't hear you. Uh, maybe you didn't really mean to raise your hand. Your your mic might not be working. Microphone, yeah. Okay. Somebody, I just wanted to let everybody know, somebody named Simon Kendall on Facebook wanted to form a triangle, so if anybody's looking for a triangle member, uh, you can hit him up. Okay, great. Thanks, Joshua. He's here in the office with us. Yeah, so please, um, Simon, it looks like we might have, uh, at least we have one other for you. Uh, two, two others. So yeah, we have a triangle there. Anybody else who's interested, please put your name in. Okay, thanks, Joshua. Um, so do you see any more comments, Michael? Uh, oh, sorry. Well, sorry, okay. sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, there's a lot of gratitude in the chat box, so thank you, everyone, for your gratitude. Um, Nick Ortiz QA says we may consider faith also as a source of knowledge. I think that's definitely true. Um, yeah, as I said, faith is a can be conceived of as a substance or even of light. And as we know, light is also knowledge, the light of knowledge. So yeah, faith is a form of, I would say also it's kind of a form of like bridging, maybe bridging towards knowledge, knowledge that bridges. Um, Linda Lee's asking about that phrase. I think, I'm not sure if it's the one that she's asking about, but I could just say the Tibetan asks us to 
in world in a world such as ours to repeat as many times as need be the phrase let reality govern my every thought and truth be the master of my life so just Somebody another, from Facebook says something. Yeah, Michael Holland from Facebook says, um, divinity in any religion requires a certain amount of faith, I think, seeing faith. I like that term. Yeah, thank you, Michael. I like that term too. Um, yes, yeah, so that says, Jen, Leonor, uh, so Leonor, yeah, so Jen, Louis, Leonor, and Simon. Those three, I guess, have formed a triangle. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Eastman says, thank you, Michael, for your open answer. This whole process requires the kind of faith that supports action and service, and I often feel the razor's edge. Yes, definitely. Maybe you mean the razor-edged the razor -edged path. Dif difficult to tread, sort of, um, sort of keep oneself in that alignment at all times. Uh, Marhilda says, so I guess the second triangle forming is Marhilda, Elizabeth Barnes, and Diane Rogers. Yeah, we'll try and figure um, those out after the... Okay. We'll, we'll okay, I won't, I won't say them. Okay. Uh, when Stewart says, Michael, could you talk more, could you talk about faith and the heart, remembering your talk on heart from a while back? Um... I don't know what I would have to say about that necessarily, but I think, I mean, anytime you talk about the heart, you're talking about sort of the, the Christ aspect or the soul. And, you know, Christ, when he came 2000 years ago, preached sort of a doctrine of faith as a means of salvation and as a means of sort of making that link between you know, the mundane and the spiritual and that's really what the soul does is what the soul is excuse me is that is that link between between god and between you know between form you could say and so i would say definitely faith comes from the heart sort of it's sort of a maybe a function of the heart to sort of build that bridge lighted bridge between those between those two worlds um, the thing about the heart too is it has a lot of analogies at different levels. So you can say sort of at a at the level of the soul it means something, but also at the level of the and a purely emotional level it has a significance as well. And on a sort of higher esoteric level, it also has significance. Um, Linda Lee's looking to join a triangle. Um, David or David says, I suggest faith similar to a bhakti attitude. I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that, if it means sort of devotional attitude. Um, but I would say faith is much more than devotion. Um, it can be sort of a, a, mental, a mental activity and it can and does evoke the mind. Like I said, the scientist sort of has to use faith in order to bridge towards the unknown. That's definitely a, a mental intellectual endeavor. Um, Janice, Janice says, my understanding of faith is that no questioning is allowed, logical or otherwise. Is that what you call blind faith? Please comment. Um, yeah, I would say that's probably what blind faith is and that sort of, you know, Piscean type faith really of the past. I don't think um, faith anymore is, is, requires no questioning. And, and in fact, I think that's the, the, sort of, the sort of type of understanding of faith that gives faith a bad, a bad name, you could say. Um, Kathy, do you have anything to? Well, I think this whole question of blind faith is often um, something that we see everywhere today because it's it's related at least esoterically, according to the Tibetan, to the waning of the sixth ray, because the sixth ray in its in its fundamental nature is related to faith and devotion and love of God. But when any of the ray influences begin to wane and, and move out of activity, which is the case right now with the sixth ray, they tend to crystallize and their essential goodness and higher qualities um, become distorted and the f more fundamentalist nature 
of the good qualities is that which we see manifesting. And so that's what we see particularly strongly when it's a waning sixth ray influence, a lot of fundamentalism. And so faith is uh, everywhere being expressed as my way or the highway. I'm right and you're wrong. Whereas the new incoming Aquarian energies are really diametrically opposite to that. And there's much more going to be as this new age unfolds, hopefully much greater focus placed on my way might be right for me, but your way uh, might be right for you, depending on who you are, where you live, what your background is. We're all different. And so we all see things slightly differently. And I think it's important to remember that the, the mind is the link you know the 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 devotee you know their their love of god that the the link really to god is the mind actually esotericism teaches and so that sort of mental development of of thinking and of thought and of reason that's really the the way forward is to build the bridge yeah um i yeah, think Diane. i think we're i think i'm gonna um close down shop now <laughs> okay <laughs> there's a lot of comments but i guess we'll just save them for next webinar maybe yeah yeah but anyway thank you michael so much and thank you everyone for your participation and thank, thank you, you kathy so let's just um end with a moment of silence Thank you.